I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, December 30, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We certainly have stuff today. We have stuff going on across the markets. So what we're going to first do is get a handle on things from a larger picture perspective, and then we'll drill down and see what the heck's going on. From the daily chart, the market's been melting up. It's in an uptrend. There's been nothing technically wrong with the market. However, what we've been saying from right around the area of Christmas is that we were looking for a top. Could have come in earlier, could come in later, might have come in on Friday. It's too early to tell, but we do want to remind us all that we've been looking for a top. Yet, once again, we have to still put it in perspective of where we are. We're nowhere near the 20-period moving average, which happens to kind of coincide with a gap. Do we think that price zone would be important from a short-term perspective? The answer is yes. What do I mean from a short-term perspective? Well, if we got there sooner than later, this is obviously the bear case. If we got there sooner than later... That would normally, under garden variety market conditions, be supportive or price would be supported in and around that zone. Maybe slightly lower. However, that's a zone where we would be looking for support. Depends on what's happening in real time. Obviously, inside the numbers, members would have the real time commentary. You know, the game time color. But let's also understand there's not necessarily a vacuum in between current price or closing price today and that 20 period moving average there's some important stuff in between you guessed it the market broke up to this area on the 16th of december that would constitute a breakout area also in my mind as would the gap or that general zone there's always multiple breakout areas on every chart we have to learn how to identify the nearest one or the most important one, depending on what chart you're looking at. If I'm looking at a 5 or a 10 minute chart, you may see a breakout area, but it certainly may not be as important as the same or similar type of area that's found on, let's say, an hourly or longer chart, 120, 240, daily chart. So the time frame you're looking at plays a big role. Not only do we visually want to have the most important area, and that's going to always come from the dominant time frame, which is the larger time frame. But we also have to be aware that if we're looking at a 5 or a 10 minute chart, and we see what is on that chart, a breakout area, it may not be a big one, but it may be important to that chart, you may see temporary support or resistance if it's a breakdown area. You may see a temporary market reaction, but not necessarily the larger reaction that a trader might be looking for. We've been discussing this zone 319.17 for quite a while. Inside the numbers, members have been hearing about that day in and day out. If the market should get to or through that area, it's going to be very, very important from an hourly and certainly a daily closing basis. So if we got below that area, the next logical area is the gap slash 
the 20 period moving average on the daily chart. Just to continue on the bear case, there is a much, much more important area below 317.32. And from a timing perspective and dependent on how the market might get into that zone, it's an absolute green light special. For now, we'll just leave that one reserved for Inside the Numbers members. All that being said, what's the bull case? What happens if this was just another one-day wonder, the market turns around and marches right back up north? Very simple. Today's high is the bogey. If the market, even on an hourly chart closing basis, gets above today's high, Today was just an aberration, it didn't happen, and the band will continue to play on until the next point in which we can identify a turn in the market. That's the bull case. Now, let's go down to some other charts on the SPY, smaller time frames, and let's pick them apart a little bit, see if we see anything tangible, anything we can use, what do we see that we can learn from? Let's just go one by one. We'll start at the 240 and work our way down. We'll use it as somewhat of a micro slash mini course in chart analysis using different time frames. What's the first thing that jumps off the page on the 240 minute chart? The 20 period moving average continues to hold price, continues to maintain the uptrend. So on the 240 minute chart, is there anything technically wrong with this chart? No, absolutely not. Can it still come down to test the breakout area, the first breakout area that we've identified? Absolutely. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen after the new year. We don't know. Speaking of new year, most of you already know this, but the market will be closed this Wednesday. Tuesday will be a full trading day. Thursday will be a full trading day back to business on January 2. All right, we got the housekeeping out of the way. Let's get back to the charts. So is there anything different that we can identify on the 240? Not really. It's really doing the same thing that we talked about on the daily chart. But what we can see, at least from up till now, the 20-period moving average is holding price. And by the way, what happens if, by the way, tomorrow, meaning Tuesday, price begins hanging down around the same area slightly below the 20 period moving average we'll call it 321 well we know the answer that's bearish the longer price hangs down around that area the more likely it is that price wants to go lower now we can't see that on the 240 minute chart but we know that from experience but we might be able to see other stuff on other charts which is precisely why we continue on. The 120-minute chart. Now, this gives a slightly different picture. All of a sudden, the 20-period moving average on this chart is all of a sudden resistance. We have a breakdown candle, and price was absolutely making a bearish, wedge-ish type of flaggish pattern. We might even want to take the wedge out of that phrase or out of that commentary and just leave it as a flag that's actually drooping towards the end of the day. From a visual perspective, what does this look like? It looks like price wants to get to the 50 period moving average. We don't have evidence of that, but that's what it looks like from a visual perspective. We don't trade on a look. We trade on evidence. We trade on support or resistance areas. We trade on chart setups that make sense because they're high probability trade setups. We don't trade because something looks good. But what we also know back to experience and from experience, we know that 
Price likes to, or markets like to come back and test what? Former breakout and former breakout areas. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, we can certainly call this general zone where price consolidated for a while before moving higher. That's essentially a breakout area. Now, we can all debate what exactly is the breakout area. Is it 319.17? Is it 319.50? Is it some other number? Well, it's debatable and there is no answer because there's no book to tell us where the breakout area is. It's part art form, part science. That's part art. The science part of it is knowing what markets do the majority of the time. Using the 80-20 rule, it's going to come back and check in at this area. How long it may be supported at this area is a whole different conversation. That's a conversation intraday for Inside the Numbers members. Speaking of Inside the Numbers members, if you're curious, I'll run through the commentary from today. Just so you can see it, see what Inside the Numbers members see each and every day. Every day is different. Every day, the commentary is different. Now you can see what happens as the market opens, as it's running. You can see the variety of different commentary that shows up. It's all based on what's going on, what isn't going on, what I see when I take a look around the horn, what are the market's clues, what's it telling us. All day long, I use all the tools, every tool in my tool belt to assess what's going on and to come up with the highest probability scenario of what's next and what are the intraday important numbers, important price areas. And today, it was pretty obvious when we had the early breakdown candle, we knew that price was going to stay inside that breakdown candle or go lower. It was very, very 20%-ish that they would get back above the breakdown candle and just wipe out the decline from the morning activity. Were there any stocks on the move today that hit their numbers? I had a losing trade today in Roku, as did other traders, I'm sure. It wasn't a wipeout trade. It was just a trade where the number was wrong. Here's Roku on a five-minute chart. 135.80 was my number. My number was wrong today. That happens about 20% of the time. We all know that. The stop was basically two bucks. It was a stopout. It's not a wipeout. It's just a stopout. However, rather than wrap that conversation on a negative note, let's wrap it on a positive note. Here's the results for 2019 for inside the numbers. Now, I haven't updated Roku yet. We'll do that in real time. That was a loss. It's going to change the number on the right. You'll notice the number on the right is 78.64. So we're going to finish the year somewhere right around 78%, little north of 78%. Don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe there'll be a trade. Maybe there won't. But it's going to be about 78%. So when I say the 80-20 rule... Over 300 trades in 2019, all given out before the opening bell even rings, batted about 78%. All right, the intermission is over. Let's get back to the SPY. What did we have on the 120-minute chart? Anything further to discuss? I don't think so. I think we got the snapshot. Let's go down another notch. The hourly chart is slightly worse. Now we're below not only the 20 period moving average, but also the 50. And you can see that hourly breakdown candle. So during the day today, price tried to climb up toward the top of the breakdown candle. They didn't even get close. Maybe they got halfway home and then turned back down in the other direction. Is that bullish or bearish? 
We know the answer. It's a rhetorical question. That's bearish. Now they're below the 50 and they close the day below the 50. That's not bullish. That's bearish. Again, we see the same thing here that we saw on the other charts. Under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to want to come at least down before anything else happens to test around that 319 and change area. Take notice of what's coming up right underneath that 319.17 area is the 100 period moving average on the 60 minute chart. Is that important? Yes, it is. Did we notice the moving average or any moving average on the 120 minute chart? Above that zone is a 50 period moving average. So an intraday spike through the 50 period moving average, would that warrant, could that warrant a snapback at least two or back above the 50 period moving average? We don't know. That's for inside the numbers members to know in real time. But it's something we can discuss here. It's something that you can put on a sticky note off to the side. So we have what's known as a gap window. 319.17, the market gaps up to that area and goes. Has yet to come back and visit that area. Just so happens there's a 100 period moving average on the hourly chart in this zone. It's a breakout area. There all of a sudden begins to get a stack up of reasons why sooner than later price would under normal garden variety market conditions be supported in that zone if for nothing else than on a temporary basis. What's the other side? What's the bull case? How about gapping up above the 20 period moving average and getting above the breakdown candle high? The hourly chart breakdown candle high 323.10. Let's toss the ball around a little bit. Let's move over to Camp IWM. What do we have? We have more of the same. What's it doing? It's coming down toward the 20 period moving average. That's pretty much what it's doing. Here's the interesting thing though. If we're talking about a bear case and we're talking about a bull case, where do we put the IWM? Well, we're going to put it in relative strength at the end of the day. Earlier in the day, it actually had some relative weakness and all of a sudden there was a quick turnaround and we only finished down 0.22 tenths of a percent, which is just a chip shot away from par. Is it a puzzle piece? Is it on the table? Not so much. If you want it to be a puzzle piece, you can have it as a puzzle piece, but I'm not putting it on the table just yet. Friday's candle is a pretty good reversal candle. That's going to stick until further notice. Remember what we talked about that resistance area being in the IWM? We said around 166.5, and we know it could be a little bit on either side. So what was the high made last week? The high was 167.12, and here we are today making a low of 164. 57. So obviously we're still in an uptrend from a longer term perspective. I'm focused a little bit more on the short term and I'll tell you why. Because we have a lot of the same picture on the shorter term charts in the IWM that we had in the SPY. So until that picture changes and we see a different setup, I'm not going to make much out of the fact that it wasn't even on par or leading to the downside as compared to the SPY. You can see here you've got the 20 period moving average on the hourly chart coming over the top and sloping down across the 50 period moving average. Is that a big deal? Are we going to make a big deal of it? Do some people want to call it a death cross? Is a death cross in the other direction? It doesn't make any difference. I think a death cross is flipped around anyway. It doesn't matter. All that stuff is made for TV. We've all seen reality shows. 
And most of them are based on real life situations, real life things going on, but it's hardly reality. It's still television. It's still mainly scripted. They're still cutting out stuff they don't want you to see. They're still showing you only what they want you to see. And therefore, the market tied together with TV is reality TV. You just have to know that part of it's scripted and part of it's real. As long as you know what you get, we're good. We can move on. We like to be collectors of the VIX in and around 12 or below. Why? Because it doesn't stay down there for very long. Are we going to skyrocket from here in the VIX? Well, we can't say that. Again, tomorrow's the last day of the year. Don't know what to expect. We could get a chop shop, floater market. We could get a sell-off into the last day of the year. They'll pin it on tax law selling. I think I mentioned that last week. I didn't watch TV today. Somebody out there will tell me if they heard tax law selling as one of the made-up reasons or the filed reasons why the market was down today. Maybe it was something else I'm not aware of. Doesn't really make any difference. Was looking for a turn. Don't care what the reason they pin it on is. What if we take a stop down at the transportation department? What do we see here? We see a market that looks completely different than everything else. That's job number one. We know this is my favorite canary in the coal mine. Second favorite market leading indicator. Let's pick it apart a little bit. Let me show you what I see don't know if we could do anything with this just yet, but let me show you exactly what I'm looking at. Remember, what jumps off the page at me, first, second, third, is generally, at least more often than not, the right answer. It's instincts. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's going to be the case. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. So I see a number of things. I see a pretty clearly defined channel that's not new, but we can see that we're coming towards the bottom portion of the channel. Well, we know that if all of a sudden price begins to get below and start closing even hourly below the lower portion of this channel, now this is an idealized drawing. This isn't point to point. It's from a conceptual standpoint. But we know that if this begins to break down, we know we call these a rising wedge. People call this all kinds of stuff. Again, that's all made for TV stuff. This is an item we want to be aware of. Nothing's broken down yet, and it can go on and on and on for a long time. What else do we have? Well, here's something that I think is important. So we have a high up here. Now we have a lower high here, and we have the makings of a third lower high. Yes, on Friday, we made a lower high. We're lower today, so if this continues to sell off, and this becomes a third lower high, look out below. Price would have these moving averages and this double bottom here written all over it, and I'm not saying it has to stop there. What's the bull case? Remember, we're an umpire calling balls and strikes. Price turns around, goes back up in the other direction, gets above Friday's high, and gets above these highs here, which are from the 26th and 27th of November, that whole thing we just discussed is off the table. The third thing, technically speaking, we're still above all the moving averages, so there's nothing wrong with this market. There's only something wrong with it if you see what I see. The naked eye sees price above all the moving averages and doesn't generally see a problem. The chart analysis is in the eye of the beholder.
What about the cues? Is there anything special to discuss in the cues? It looks pretty much like the spider, well above all the moving averages, so again, technically speaking, nothing wrong with the market, but on the other hand, that doesn't mean it can't come down to the moving average. Not necessarily in one bite, but in due time, certainly can happen. And we also know that as time goes on, the moving average will creep up toward price, and if price is stalled out, going sideways, or coming down, the moving average and price ultimately will meet again. How about looking at some of the other charts, for example, the 240-minute chart on the Qs. Again, the 20-period moving average was supportive on the first hit. Price is lingering slightly above the same moving average, so we'll see what happens into Tuesday. Is this a breakout area? Did we come back down to test that breakout area? Yes, we did. We didn't get a real good stout reaction in the northern direction, so we have to take that at face value. That in and of itself is a duck most of the time. Filled a gap and had a meager bounce away from the gap, came right back down. How you doing? Not so good. Not so good if you're looking for higher prices in the queues based on what I just said. What does the 120 tell us? It tells us we've got a bear flag in the making. Creeping along right below the 20 period moving average. Again, under normal garden variety market conditions, what would happen? Price would come down to the 50 period moving average. Might take some more time, but that's exactly what this is telling us. If we wake up Tuesday and prices up north, we gapped higher, that's off the table. Something different is going on. But based on the analysis of what we're looking at, that's the analysis. That's the duck. How about the XLF? I didn't really want to be on the 120, but it doesn't matter. What we're interested in is that fuchsia line. I hope fuchsia is the right color. And whether or not price closes there tomorrow, below or above, $30.96 is going to be very, very interesting. Doesn't mean we can't trade higher than that in January. It's just a monthly closing number. So it's important the fact that we're already up there. And by the way, what was the high today? The high today was $30.96. I don't know if I said 96 or 98 before. It's $30.98 is the number. And I'm sure it's an accident or a coincidence that we came up two pennies short of that today. And with that, folks, I am going to pull the ripcord before I do that. I will tell you that I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.